You're listening to Lead On with Greg and Mark, brought to you by the Pennsylvania Association of Intermediate Units. Join us this season as we engage in conversations on leading on through times of complexity. Now for your hosts, Greg and Mark. Hello, Gregory. Hello, Mark. How are you, sir? I'm doing well today. You know, I was uh, I was thinking. You were, that's good. I, I was that's thinking. A good, that's really good. Were you thinking? <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking a lot. Yeah, because yeah. I've been thinking too. <laughs> I was wondering, you know, uh, as you build professional development for, for your team, right, have you ever considered providing professional development for them on the art and science of decision-making? Or is it something that you just take for granted when you hire someone that they know how to make good decisions? It's so interesting that you bring that up. Go ahead. Because, no, I haven't. I haven't, but it's one of the most important things we do. Right, and like ultimately, aren't we hiring folks to be on our team and selecting partners in life outside of work in some large part because we think they're able to make good decisions? I mean, we're making decisions millions of times a day, right? It's definitely one of the qualities we're looking for. Yeah, so I've been thinking about this topic of decision-making and... Some companies actually put their employees through rigorous training on how to make a decision that counters the logical fallacies and the biases and the different things that our human brains over hundreds of thousands of years are conditioned to do focused on survival, right? Like in other words, like you have an opinion about something and all the data that you see, all the evidence that you come across reinforces that opinion. Someone with a different opinion sees the same evidence, and it reinforces their opinion. That's uh, confirmation bias, right? Like, like the, the you, you look for examples of something that you believe, and you're really hesitant to see that evidence as being contrary to your perception because your brain doesn't want to be wrong. We are wired that way. We don't oh, we're definitely wired that we way. We don't want to be wrong. I think it's probably it, – it, it, I think it's – at the core of our of our of our neural hardwiring, right? I mean, not just that, of course, but lots of sort of decision making fallacies, if you will. Um, I was reading this article: Eleven Myths About Decision Making. It was written by Cheryl Strauss Einhorn, and this is out of HBR. You can find it on their website from April twentieth, twenty twenty one. It's called Eleven Myths About Decision Making, and I came across it as I was considering this question. Is that, is, I mean, is this resonating with you? It's definitely resonating with me. I, I, don't, I don't think we always think about the art of decision-making. Yeah, or it's the not, science. Or the science. I feel like we think of it's an art, and it's I feel the like science. the author is ah. believing it's a science, right? Like there are things that we can do to make better decisions. That's a good clarification there. But teaching is definitely an art and a science. And I mean, there definitely is an art and a science. And right, this is just Cheryl's opinions, of course. I want to start at the end. She talks about something called a cheetah pause. Cheetah, like cheetah the animal. Cheetah paws. Cheetah paws. And, you know, it's not cheetah paws like P-A-W-S, because cheetahs do have paws. It, I was thinking that when you said it. This but, is cheetah paws, P-A-U-S-E. Yeah, that's right. I wonder right. if she did that on purpose. <laughs> I bet she did. Cheryl, did you do that on purpose? Is your the, cheetah paws... Cheetah paws. Is that a play on words? Is that a pun? <laughs> so cheetah paws as in take stopping, going from a full sprint to a stop, do you think? Yeah. Like I'm trying to... Yeah, or do you think it's from a nice little... Like I'm thinking cheetah fast, fast well, she's, cheetah. Yeah, she's paws. talking about how we know that cheetahs are fast land yes. animals, right? Oh, yeah. They go like, what, 60 miles an hour on the ground? Like 1.21 gigawatts. They fly. Yeah, she's talking about how you might think that the cheetah's natural ability or um, let's call it like it's... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? The cheetah's na- natural 
instinct asset in asset. in the wild okay. is its speed. Yes, she makes the argument that actually it's its deceleration at a moment's notice and its ability to pivot at a high speed from a high speed to a low speed that actually makes it uh, an apex predator. It's so interesting because right. you don't think because you would think that would be the speed in catching. It's actually the slowing down. It's the slowing down it's the and acceleration. it's acceleration. I think it's rapid that. deceleration, deceleration, or is it deceleration or deceleration? Deceleration, right? And the ability to turn uh, from a high rate of speed at a low rate of speed. Yeah, because Mark, I picture in my in my head, I picture National Geographic, Go ahead. and I and I picture these. There's these pictures of the cheetah running full speed and then and then you know launching towards its, its prey. Yeah. So she says one way to combat some of the biases we have in our decision making is to put a speed bump in our thinking, a strategic stop to give us time to pause, to see the whole picture, and to reflect on what we're experiencing. Slowing down can help improve efficiency or efficacy by steering us away from our reliance on these decision-making myths that we'll get to and our reflexive behaviors. She, she says, I, meaning the author, call these strategic stops a cheetah pause, P-A-U-S-E. And the author says that she came up with this term after learning about the cheetah's prodigious hunting skill, not being due to its speed, but rather its ability to decelerate quickly that, in fact, makes it a fearsome hunter's. Cheetahs habitually run down their prey at speeds of approaching 60 miles 60 per hour. miles an hour. But are able to cut their speed by nine miles per hour in a single stride, allowing them, in turn, to make sharp turns, sideways jumps, and direction changes. Her analogy extends, Greg. She says, in decision-making... Decision Quality thinking benefits from periods of thoughtful deceleration. These calculated pauses empower you to check and challenge your biases, consolidate your knowledge, et cetera, et cetera. So thank you, Cheryl. I quoted you at length there. Uh, folks can find this article through HBR 11 Myths About Decision Making. Is that resonating with you? So it, it's definitely resonating for me. And I, I know, uh, you know, Mark, you had sent this over to me. I, I did a quick review of it, and I came up with a title of Efficiency Versus Effectiveness for this episode. Sure. So let's think about in our lives, in our work lives, and I should say our personal lives. Go ahead. I, we wrestle with this. I know this was the number one constructive criticism, and I know we've talked about this, Mark, that I received from a good mentor of mine Go ahead. on my evaluation. He looked at me and said, Greg, you are incredibly efficient, but you're not always effective. What do you think he meant? He meant that I'm, uh, like, uh, I'm looking at my checklist, and when I look at that checklist, some of those involve conversations with people. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I found what he was telling me is there's a value to spending that time with people, mm-hmm. like the, the, being effective with people. So if you're you the cheetah, fi- efficient with people. So if you're the cheetah, you get to 60 in no time, you catch the prey, but perhaps uh, you need more time slowing down and making key decisions instead of going for the kill. That's or it. It's, if it's to get the kill. Yeah, exactly. With the decisions. Um, and with establishing those relationships, we've been talking so much about those relationships. We need to st- we need to slow down, and and really get a good understanding with that person instead of moving through the task. So let's stay there. Uh, the eleven myths that are referenced in the article's title. The first ones I like to be efficient, and she says that so many of us think that being efficient means being um, effective. And I think her point is similar to the cheetah analogy. You can go fast but it doesn't mean you're solving for the right problem or it doesn't mean that you're solving the problem correctly. It doesn't mean that you're solving the problem without collateral damage. It doesn't even mean that you're solving the right problem. Perhaps you haven't even identified the problem because you've jumped right in. You think you're solving for X and actually the, uh, the issue sol- caused you to solve for Y. And so you got the right answer for X, but you missed the point. 
And you missed the point. Right? And that was um, not taking that pause. P-A-U-S-E. P-A-U-S-E. Yeah, we're going to spell it 100 times today. Yeah. Greg, what, what's the second myth? The second is, I'm too busy. I don't have time to give to this decision. So it's saying here, putting off a decision is a decision in and of itself. Okay? Yeah. However, intentionally slowing down to get clear on what you're solving for your for um, will speed up your efficacy. This is almost like number one. It's it's close. This is like we read these articles. I, I got eleven Sometimes. things. It's really like four. Yeah. Four. yeah. All right. Number three is I just need to solve this problem at this moment. This is the classic example of losing the forest for the trees. Everything has a context. If your car breaks down, do you go and buy a new one, or are you looking at what the needs of the car uh, might be to get it up and running? Uh, that's the big picture, right? So, in other right. words, uh, and you know, the opposite could also be true, right? The radiator blows and. You think, oh, I just need to fix the radiator. But if you miss the point that it's the third time the radiator's blown in the last three weeks or that the cost of fixing the radiator is more than the value of the car, then again, you're missing, I think you're missing the forest for the trees at that point as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, the next, uh, the fourth is, this is my decision alone. I don't need to involve others. All right. That, I, I could see how that happens uh, at times. Our important decisions do involve other stakeholders. And that is important in itself that, you know, we need to know that the right people are at the right at the table with us to make the decisions. And don't you think that it's a natural way to build in a speed bump or a pause to include other people? If someone comes to your desk and they say, hey, Greg, I, I need a widget. I need a I need a, a thingamabob. You know, you've probably learned by now that nothing is that simple. Never. Right? Cause it's if never they, that simple. If they need one, then who else needs one? And where are we getting it? And what are the other people going to think if that person gets it? And how much are we spending? And how many thingamabobs do you have sitting in a closet that you can use instead? If you have a brain trust or if you have a regular meeting where you discuss these things, rather than making a decision in the moment, you say, well, why don't we put that on the agenda for our team meeting later this week? So I'll either do that or I, I, it probably drives my team crazy, but sometimes I'll just pull them right in. Yeah, so if, if it's a financial decision, I pull my business manager in. If it's a curriculum, I pull my curriculum director. And um, but they're used to my style that way. But but you're right. I think taking that pause it gives that person some time to think. You know. Well, but also even a couple minutes. Yeah. Know? But even if it's not a couple minutes, maybe it's a couple days. Like yeah. you know, that's a really great topic. Let's put it on the agenda for our next meeting. And before we do that, could you send out the information to everybody? Because you know, just to push back on your analogy, I do that too. And so I'm th I'm seeing you and me. Uh, when you pull those folks into your office at the at the last minute, it means you're pulling them away from something that you've asked them to do. You're pulling them away from a priority. You're asking them to switch in the moment about what they're focusing on. You're breaking their flow state. Yeah, um, without the context that they need sometimes. Well, of course. And then you're asking them to make a decision on the spot. That's true. That's a little selfish, I guess. Well, it could be, but it, you, I think you're trying to be efficient. Well, we're trying Back to, to be the efficient. first fallacy. That's exactly right. So you might be solving. You might be solving that problem but you might be creating more problems for the people you're interrupting and bringing in. I, I I'm not picking on you. I do no, the no, same no. thing. I will think about that. Um, and I, I also thought about like you, you said, put it on the agenda for the next director's meeting or whatever it may be. That makes sense. Yeah. That so we sense. meet as a cabinet every two weeks and we have an agenda that anybody can put stuff on. And when people ask me about things, I typically say, well, why don't you add it to the agenda? And then I also meet with my division heads and direct reports, you know, regularly, of course, but we have a standing monthly meeting and, that gives them an opportunity of all the things they want to talk to me about me. I want to talk to them about without sort of interrupting everybody's flow state. Now priorities are priorities. I'm not talking about priorities, but things that can wait, having those natural speed bumps built in. 
Yeah, just you just plan it right in there. Yeah, because you might be unintentionally creating another problem every time you do that. And again, I'm picking on you, but I see myself in you as well with that particular issue. And that's what I've done to try and control for it. Okay. I'm not sure that I'm not sure that it's effective, and I'm not sure that it works every time. I mean, some things you just got to pull people in. I think that'll work. And I I have to tell you, I was thinking about this with the agenda. Yeah. Agendas in themselves uh-huh. are very important, and I think sometimes we we abuse them in that we go on tangents. We let, we allow our staff to go on tangents, and I know Dr. Ibe um, has brought up to me in the past, a fellow executive director, how she if they if anybody strays from that agenda, she'll say, we're focusing on this now. We could set that up for another time. Do you let your team add directly to the agenda or does it live exclusively with you? So uh, they all have input. Uh, they fill it out ahead of time. We do, we do the classic Google Doc mm-hmm. um, and then they contribute to it under their parts and they give updates, but then issues that they're dealing with. So we know ahead of time, and my expectation is they have that done before our director's meeting, which they're monthly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then that way, they not only contribute ahead of time, but as we are going through the discussion, they're all contributing, not only verbally, but also typing in. They can all contribute to the form. Okay, I got it. So you got it? Yeah, of course. All right. Do you want to say the next one? No, there? go ahead. Okay, so uh, five is, I know I'm right. I just want data or an opinion to confirm my own thinking. This is what we were talking about when we started this confirmation bias, sure right? It is. Yes. Everywhere you look, you see things that reinforce what you thought was true. Yeah. 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 We already have our mind set, set and we're going to look for any information or data that supports it. See, I told you so. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. yeah, it reminds me of elementary school. Yeah, but adults do it. I mean, everybody does everybody it, right? Everybody does it. You know, if, if you have a, sink, uh, a sneaking suspicion or if you have a theory or a hypothesis, you know, part of the scientific method you know, tries to control for this, but I think people want to be right in their hypotheses. They want to think that their intuition is naturally going to be correct most of the time. Yeah. And so if you have a hunch or a suspicion or if you have a theory, um, I think your brain tricks you in thinking and getting you to think that everything yeah. that you think is, is correct. Yeah. yeah. So it's really hard to control for that, right? Because who wants to be wrong? No one wants to be wrong. Well, you I know. I said that before. We, you know, we always want to be right. Well, you know, at least our lizard brain, right? I think... Yeah. As you get more involved, you say, "No, I don't. I, I, I don't mind being wrong. I like to be proven right." But that's your self-controlling against, I think, the natural inkling to default to confirmation bias. I trust my gut. So, how many times? So, I think this might be a generational. This is thing, number but six, yeah. I, but sometimes I, I use that term a lot. Like uh, my gut feeling is this. My yeah. gut feeling is X, Y. Um, I do say this a lot. Um, and it says, it's great to rely on your instincts when picking a breakfast cereal, but for larger, higher stake decisions, when we rely on our gut, we are relying upon bias and faulty memory. So, so again, it's, we're focused, our, it's similar. So compare that with wisdom of practice. Compare that with experience. Compare that with, oh, this is not my first rodeo. Like whatever analogy you want to use with yes. leadership lingo, yep. right? We often talk about experience being the driver of success. Um, we talk about um, the idea that a wisdom of practice is a, a valuable asset to have. You look for experienced leaders to fill important positions. So, I mean, how do you compare that with gut? Are they different things? I don't know if they're necessarily different. I think it could be one and the same. Yeah. I, I really do. I think. But don't I, you trust I, like, your wisdom of you practice? Say, yeah, your wisdom of practice. I think that is that one and the same as trusting your gut. It's trusting, you know, trusting in your your former experiences, you know, your your uh, previous experiences in other positions, um, all those kinds of things. Yeah, and life so, experiences in general. Yeah, and so it's probably not that your wisdom or practice of your gut is a bad thing. I think the author is likely making the point that 
with that, you need to overlay data. That's right. Verify. Because of bias. What did Reagan say? Trust, but verify. That's, that's exactly what he you said. Know, trust your gut, but verify it's true. Mm-hmm. Right. I, th- I think that would probably be the way that I would respond to this one. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Good, good interpretation there. Go ahead, number seven. All right. This, this one resonated with me. I have a star by it. Uh, decision-making is linear. So that's a, that's a myth now. That's a myth. That's, oh, you know, it's a, funny. I trust my yeah. gut. Yeah. Greg, yeah. she's saying those are myths. That's why we're pushing back. Yeah, that's why we're pushing back. Because they're myths. <laughs> <laughs> we're saying them like they're true. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. We're used to that. Go ahead. Decision so, making again, is linear. Why is that a myth? We're very right? literal. I know. That's why? a myth because good decision making is actually circular. Go ahead. And that makes sense. That makes sense. So, so they she talks about what's called the feedback loop, um, as we gather information and analyze it in our own thinking. Um, at times, we need to go back to find information we've glossed over or to gather new information or conduct a different kind of analysis. Yeah, I mean, that's the iterative cycle, right? You see yeah. the arrows pointing in a circle. That's right, that's right. You design, you, you identify a problem, you create a prototype, you test the prototype, you make an adjustment, you test it again, you make an adjustment, you test it again. Yeah. I mean, our, our operating systems on our phones are always being updated, right? That's correct. And that's not, it's not the, the operating system you have on your phone. It's not the one that you had. In, in, well, it shouldn't be the one that you had when you bought your phone. All right. What about right. number eight? It the, says, so, the, so this one is interesting. I can pull my ideas together well in my head. Um, and what she says here, large decisions are made up of multiple smaller decisions. Go ahead. And that, that, this, this also resonates with me because those small decisions, what you think they're so minuscule, they can really make an impact when you start adding them up. Yeah. And I think her point here is too, that some people say, oh, I don't need to write it down. Correct. That writing it down is a tool and a strategy and an intervention in and of itself that putting it on paper allows you to look at it a little bit more um, factually, a little bit more non-biased. It's not just your head clouding, but you're looking at it on a piece of paper and you're able to say, you know, when I write it down, it doesn't quite look right. Do you know what? This made me think. Of, so when when my wife was in college, the way she would study yeah. is by writing, recopying notes. I did that all the time. Did you do that too? Oh my God, it drove my, my wife, who was yeah. my girlfriend at the time, yeah. crazy. Yeah, well, not sure. crazy. I mean that like... She, she still laughs about it today, that right. I would fill notebooks with just... That's it. So the copying, maybe like the visual part of it, the whole, the whole art of writing it and recopying, maybe more retention as far as the information. Well, that's probably a learning style thing, right? Like, yes. But I like this idea that like, if you've got this big decision to make, you shouldn't be carrying around all that data in your head. You should be writing it down, typing it out, analyzing it, moving the numbers, playing with the data. Exactly. Exactly. You know, like so I wonder... Revisit it. And, you know, and maybe... What you wrote down today may look, and you might interpret it different tomorrow. You know, so here's like an interesting analogy about like small decisions versus big decisions. And let's say that the, the variable that we're going to use is how much something costs. People write down a shopping list, right? And they leave the grocery store, it's a couple hundred bucks. But do they do the same thing when they're buying a car or buying a house, or do they go with their gut? They go with their gut. Right? <laughs> like, isn't that funny? Gut. Like something that costs tens or hundreds of thousands yeah. of dollars? Yeah. But something that costs hundreds uh-huh. or you know dollars individually, they're, yeah. they're making a list. Yeah. And <laughs> but when, but when you're buying that car, you're buying the house, you just sort of go and you say, "Yep, this is good." Like, I, I don't know that we've ever made a list when we've Jeez. purchased a car to compare one with the other. Wow. I mean, is that how you uh, operate uh, too? Uh, things that things that make you go, hmm. But is that you? Uh, that is me. And that is I think me. that's the author's point about these myths, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh, like, absolutely. All right. So I have all the information I need is the ninth myth. <laughs> yeah, that, it is. And I think that's that you, you never have all the right information. You but, never do. And it says by investing a little bit of research and confronting assumptions with evidence. 
And you're always going to be making an educated. You're going to be making an educated guess. guess. Look yeah. for the data. Get it yeah. out of your Got head. It. Got it. Go ahead. Uh, the Number next ten. Ten is I can make a rational decision. Um, so I, that's I, a myth. I, that's a myth. You're an irrational. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, we all operate through a dirty windshield of bias based on past experiences and feelings. I, I highlighted that part because I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, and I, I, I agree. But the, the word bias there, it's, it's, it's not like prejudice as much as no. it's like um, this idea that your previous experiences are informing your present interpretation of the things that you're seeing, right? Like It's almost like predetermination, right? Right, like predetermination. You, you go to a certain kind of restaurant and you get sick. Every time you see that same kind of restaurant, oh gosh, I don't want to go in there. That's like a bias, right? Because the yeah. last time you went there, your body got sick. It's saying, stay away. That's right. I think, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it's just like that. And is that rational? I mean, is it rational that you rational. got sick at one at, yeah. at one fast food place? Yeah. Is, is it rational that all of them are going to make you sick? No, it's it's right. it's right. So right. I think that supports the myth. All right, there's just one way to do this, Greg. That's the eleventh myth. All right, so this I have a story with this one. So there's just one way to do this. It talks on here. So we've been conditioned out of listening to other voices, siloed in our own information environment, and social media circles by getting outside your routines and patterns leads you to seeing things differently. So something funny. So um, I tend to, I, I read it in a book once. You might think it's crazy, but I drive home different ways often. Like, so we live by a little town, mountaintop uh, in Pennsylvania. And, okay. um, so what I'll do is, you know, sometimes I'll take Church Road. Sometimes I'll take New Angola Road and I switch it up. And my wife will say, why are you going this way? I'm like, I hear it's really good for your mind and your brain ways. To, to really to change and, and change your tra- trajectory, you know, your path that you're going, um, you know, the, the road less traveled kind of thing. Do you, are you the kind of person that you get to work, you don't remember driving? Oh, all the time. Right. And so it probably all combats that too, right? Yeah, if you, that's right. You, you probably have to be a little bit more engaged to know where to turn left. I do. I, you know, have I get, you ever I just driven? Music. Um, are, are, you, are you a Waze guy? I am a Waze guy. So, have you ever just gotten the car and, and 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 tried to get home a different way without using ways? So I have, and uh, unfortunately, because of Route um, eighty one, Interstate eighty one, I've had to take some side, you know, I've <laughs> because of accidents or whatever else. And sure. it's always interesting. It's always an interesting trip. A lot of fog. Yeah, my way. <laughs> a lot of well, you're higher elevations. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You have ascended to uh, higher insight. Yeah, you would have just loved that. My wife, she's like. Greg, what are you doing? <laughs> Maria's like, what are you doing? She's like, can't we just go home? <laughs> and I'm like, it's only an extra five minutes, you know? Like, but now you know where some restaurant, oh, I didn't know that restaurant was there. Right, yeah. Oh, look at that. Oh, look hmm. at that. Look I never that. saw that tree before. Yeah. So, Greg, inquiring minds want to know before we wrap this up. <laughs> yeah. Let's go back a couple episodes. We talked about a gas station incident where yes. you went and, yes. and you got ignored when you bought the coffee. And then you went back again and she yawned. <laughs> she yawned. Have you been back to that I gas went, station? So I went this morning. And I love that you brought it up. <laughs> I want to know. Here, here's what I did. So I did the classic, got my coffee, got my lotto tickets. So I go up to the, the counter yeah. and I, I went through the self-checkout and I literally – position myself in front of the person. So I was like literally, I think four feet away (laughs) and I made eye contact first. So I realized part of this is me. It's a great problem. So I look at her in the eyes and I say, good morning. <laughs> it was That's creepy. creepy it the was way creepy. you're doing it to me. It was creepy. Yeah, <laughs> if you could see us now, I'm looking about five feet away from Mark, and I like you know big, big eyes saying good morning. And what did she and do? She said good morning. Oh, look at that! And I was like, yes. And did that coffee taste sweeter? It was sweeter, and I would have paid fifty more cents. And I asked some people since I, they said that they would pay more for a better experience. Pay more for a better experience. And so again, I think to the point of that, it, you can have a good experience 
and still have some automation and uh, hum- uh, yes. sort of computer-related human-friendly stuff. And you forgot to mention the best part of this. So the last part is take a time out. So it's the cheetah pause. It's the cheetah pause. So Go take ahead. a time out. Greg, yes? I'm putting you in time out. Oh. Not again. That was my whole childhood. Oh. Time out. Go sit in the. Go to your room, Greg. Go to your right. room. It's getting deep in here. It is getting deep. Greg, wrap it up. Deep. All right. Well, uh, our listeners, we we thank you for your time. Uh, we hope you're enjoying this podcast. Uh, lead on with Greg and Mark. Um, if, if you have a suggestion for an article that we should d- discuss, or a, a leadership concept, or someone we should bring on, uh, please let us know. Yeah, please let us know. You could visit paiu.org and sh- shoot us a note. And then just shoot us a note. There's uh, links on there. There's a, a, a link for suggestions, all those types of things. All right. You want to so wrap it up? I'll wrap it all up. Right, buddy, so, go ahead. Uh, again, thank you to all our listeners. Uh, please make it a great day and innovate PA.